Hi, it's Vic here. Thanks for checking out the Shaw Vineyard podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so you never miss the newest message. And if you're looking for ways to get connected, you can check out svc.org.nz. Our current sermon series is called Front Page, investigating the story our world still needs to hear. Hey, uh, welcome along. Uh, it's so good to be doing church together this morning as Fano. Uh, if I'm a, uh, if I'm an unrecognisable face to you, um, well, hopefully I won't be for long. Uh, my name's Calvin. And I'm the associate pastor at Shawinigan Church, and I have the wonderful privilege today of of kicking us off on our Christmas journey uh, for 2018. Isn't that cool? Who's excited? Who's a little bit like sort of nervous and a little bit just overwhelmed already? You know, all those kinds of things that kind of come with Christmas. Um, For Christmas 2018, we're going to be doing this series called Front Page. Um, And the reason why we've called it Front Page is is we feel that the, uh, the nativity story, the story of Jesus is actually a story that our world still needs to hear. And we want to investigate that. We want to press into it. We want to prod it a little bit. And we want to sort of extract something from it uh, as we do this together. I think we live in a time that would be uh, saying uh, sort of with increasing frequency, actually, we don't think the, the Christian narrative is, is something that is meaningful or speaks to us in a, in a powerful way. And I think that actually, I think it does. I think we want to say that it does. We want to say that it, that, it, that it breaks into our life in an incredibly powerful manner and continues to inform our lives uh, in, a, in a really wonderful way. And so we're going to be pressing into this story. And just like uh, Wendy sort of took us through, you know, uh, we're going to be starting with, with this whole thing of hope. And so welcome this morning. We're going to be talking about breaking news. And so as I go into that, I would just like to open with a little prayer. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you be with us? Before we, before we turn to anything else, Lord, we ask that you would, you would stir within us a desire to know this story more. We ask, Lord, that as we press into the story in the coming weeks, that, that it would become an imprint on our hearts that we would long to know it more and to be shaped by it more, that it would inform the way we celebrate, the way we do things with our families at home, the way we do things uh, in this church building. Would everything over the next four weeks as we, as we journey towards Christmas Day, would there be a, a renewed sense of, of vibrancy and vitality in life as we press into this Christmas story? Be with us, I pray. Amen. I don't know what you guys think about uh, when you hear the term breaking news, but the first thing I think about is like really bold graphic content, you know? Something sort of like this, right? It's like almost assaulting. I can see the glow of that like off the back wall, right? There's something incredibly intrusive about it, you know? But this is what you think. Whenever I think of breaking news, it's like, this big thing's flashing. There's like, or like some kind of like, other, other sort of like song or something that comes behind it. Someone sort of, sort of stares down the camera at you. And it's like, it, it kind of grabs you. It's like whatever's going on in your life, it's like, oh man, whenever I see like bright red and blue and some sort of like flashing light, it's like, oh, it might be the cops. Um, <clears throat> but it also might be a breaking news, right? Something that we actually, that demands our attention. 
that grabs us. And there's something about it. Um, it's almost like, it's almost like, oh man, whatever happens here is going to inform what the rest of my day feels like, or maybe even what the rest of my week feels like. This feels like something I need to be aware of. And as I've kind of reflected on breaking news over the week, I've I've been kind of alarmed to think that, well, most of the time I hear breaking news, it's actually it's actually pretty tragic. Often it's often it's someone staring into a camera telling us something that's gone wrong, something horrific, like crimes against humanity, things that are an attack on us, or some kind of horrific uh, like storm, or that's coming that people are losing their homes. Um, I have a couple of I have a couple of breaking news stories that that I just haven't been able to stop thinking about this week as I've sort of I don't know cast my mind back, you know things that have sort of left and left an imprint on me uh, for basic for like a good chunk of my life, and one of those things um, was this. Um, I have such a vivid memory of this day. Like my family had just moved back to New Zealand from Australia and we were staying at a hotel in Takapuna. And I just remember my dad came in one morning and he's like, his first words to me were something awful has happened. And then we turned on the TV and like, and, and when I was 13, I think I only really cared about like, like skateboarding and maybe I was like starting to like figure out the girls thing, you know, a little bit. And, but in that moment, like I remember there was, there was a weightiness that came. And so at 13 years old, I was like, there's something about this event that's gonna, that's gonna change the world. And this event has left an imprint all over the world. It's changed the way that people travel. It's, pay, it's changed the way that people think about other countries. Um, it, has, it has caused uh, a, whole, a whole country a ton of pain and it's sort of bled uh, into, into the last like two decades. It's, a, it's an incredibly traumatic thing. And so you would have these reporters on the day and they're speaking and they're saying, hey, like, we're, you know, there's new information just coming in and there's this other plane happening and there's this other thing happening over here. And it's like, there's this unfolding that was taking place. And so the breaking news is that, oh no, we're just learning this thing and this thing is, this thing is just coming out. And we're just finding out about this thing now for the first time. And oh my goodness, this has just happened. And, and it's just this constant assault, this constant pressing in of new information, tragic information, painful information. 9-11 was a traumatic time, but it was breaking news that left an imprint on humanity that's not going to be forgotten anytime soon. Or maybe another, another breaking news that would have left an imprint on us, largely because it's a lot closer to home, was this that happened a few years ago. I was in, we were in our church office in Chartwell uh, in Glenfield when, when this happened. And once again, it was like, man, does this thing, does this thing happen in New Zealand? Does this kind of stuff happen to us? And sort of the, the, the pain that, that, oh my goodness, it, it does. And it is. And I think what was crazy about this, this particular instance is that um, as a church staff, we had actually already bought tickets to Christchurch because we had a national event that we had to be at that week. So like two days after this happened, like we actually got to go down and actually respond to this. So it, was, it wasn't just that this news kind of like entered our lives through a TV screen, but then we kind of had to respond to it. We kind of had to enter into that story as well. And I mean, that was a phenomenal thing to be a part of because we got to be a part of relief efforts and we got to see what community looked like. And it was incredibly amazing, but it was so painful. And it was breaking news that left an imprint on my life. 
There's something about breaking news that says things are never going to be the same. Something is happening, and from here on going forward, there's a, here on going forward, something different is going to be happening. It's a, it's a fundamental shift and a fundamental change in the story. Breaking news is disruptive and it's disarming and it changes the way we see things and it changes how we act. Breaking news forces us, whatever it is, to think about things differently. But when it comes to the gospel story, we see a very, uh, a very uh, definite kind of breaking news. We don't see a breaking news that's filled with tragedy or despair. We see the kind of breaking news that is brimming with hope, that's actually speaking hope into a nation that's feeling disconnected, that's feeling distanced or far apart. This story says something is happening. And actually, this something that's happening, it's a, it's a good kind of happening. This breaking news, and, and, and who delivers that? Who are the reporters of the day? They were the angels. These angelic announcements. And we're going to be springing into the series looking at these angelic announcements. Um, there are actually four announcements uh, in the Christmas stories, four encounters with, with angels. So if you're the scribbling down notes type of person, um, in Luke 1 verses 11 to 20, uh, yeah, chapter 1 verses 11 to 23, um, there is an angel that, that appears to Zechariah uh, and prophesies about the coming of John the Baptist. Um, then in Luke 1, 26 to 38, we see an angel appear before Mary. Um, uh, then we see uh, in Matthew 1, 20 to 23, where an angel appears to Joseph in his dream. Uh, and then in Luke 2, verses 8 to 14, we have uh, the angels making their announcement to the shepherds. So four really significant things. Uh, for the sake of time this morning, we're not going to go into the story uh, of Zechariah. We're just going to kind of leave that one. Maybe it's tied for a little bit. I'm going to look specifically at those stories uh, about that, that speak to the arrival of Jesus. Um, so, you know, if you've got them down, scribble those notes down. We're going to be going there real shortly. And as we kind of, as we kind of press into that, I want to look at, at just a few things because, there you go, because it seems that this breaking news for in all of these instances, there's an element of, of terror or fear or uncertainty that comes with it. Um, we see that the breaking news has some kind of, of revelation aspect. It speaks to something true that God is doing. And we see that this breaking news uh, is also invokes some sort of response. And we're going to see that as we kind of press uh, into each of these stories. Um, I also think it's worth, uh, worth noting uh, that there are a few things uh, that we can take even from the Old Testament as we look at these uh, angelic announcements. Um, first of all, any time uh, you have about 230 plus uh, uh, instances in Scripture where angels show up. Okay, that's a lot, right? Um, and whenever they do, they sort of speak uh, strength or encouragement into a situation. They, they uh, sort of, uh, it's like, a, it's like a, sometimes a gentle, sometimes a not so gentle uh, encouragement in someone's call or vocation uh, into the thing that God is doing in their lives. Um, uh, 
they always, this, these an, angelic announcements are always surrounded by some sort of manifest presence of God's glory. So it's a, it's a very overwhelming uh, encounter for anyone who seems to experience these angelic announcements. And I think, I think what's really important to note is that almost every single time we see an angel in the Scripture, there's actually some sort of prophetic paving for what God is up to. Right? There's this laying, there's like a laying of a foundation. Like this, the story is changing. The landscape is changing. The thing that God is, is doing is shifting. Every time we, uh, almost every time we see these things, the, the agenda of God is being made known and the kingdom is breaking into human history. A shakeup is coming. Something new is forming and the lives, uh, and the lives that are being lived out uh, by all these people in these stories are beginning to change as a result of this announcement. So we, we want to take notice when we see these angelic announcements show up in scriptures. So what we want to do is we want to look at each of these each of these three uh, key verses, and we want to we want to try and extract what it is that's happening in each of these announcements. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke one twenty six to thirty eight. And we're going to go from there. I'm reading from the ESV, um, so it might be a little bit different to whatever you've got in front of you, but we'll go there. Um, <clears throat> in the sixth month of the, in the sixth month, uh, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, "Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you." But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her uh, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it uh, be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Even though you've probably read that story a bunch, eh? it's always a really interesting scenario to think about. There's like this very obvious question, um, how is this thing going to be possible that you speak of? Um, <laughs> it's like a very, very challenging little thing. Um, but I want to point out a few things uh, that are really interesting. So first of all, like I said, um, the breaking news, this, the, that this thing is kind of terrifying. So one of the first things we see uh, in the announcement to Mary is that she's actually scared and she's a bit uncertain she doesn't quite know what's going on. Like, what is this thing about? Why, why am I experiencing this? And the angel says to her, do not be afraid. I mean, it's fascinating. Like almost every single encounter of an angel in scriptures is accompanied by a sense of to not be afraid. It's like when there's this experience of God's manifest glory, um, it's like the, the obvious response is, is kind of trembling with terror. It must be an incredibly overwhelming thing. And so there's this uncertainty and this fear that surrounds Mary. She kind of goes, what's going on? Like this, this feels alarming. This feels disruptive and disarming. And then there's this, this revelation that comes with it, this revelation of truth. 
So what do we see? Like what is being pointed to by the angel? Well, we see, uh, we see in this instance that uh, it speaks to uh, this, this coming of Christ, uh, that this, this child will be the new king priest uh, in the line of David. And so, and so for, for anyone who comes from a Jewish background, like this is going to be really significant. This speaking to who Jesus is going to be, that this, that this will be a king in the line of David and that, that there will be this balance, not just between kingship, but also this balance between priestship. So there's actually these, this drawing together of these Old Testament prophecies, painting this picture of who Jesus will be to the nation of Israel. Like this is a really significant moment. This is a revelation of who this child will be. And it's an important thing to take note of. And so for a young woman in Nazareth to hear that, that she will give birth to the king priest, like that's a big deal. And that's terrifying. And that's overwhelming. But here she has a moment with angels saying, don't be afraid. This is a really good thing. The other revelation is that, is that this king priest isn't just going to be this, just this like human king priest but that this king priest will be God, the Holy One, God with us. This is the declaration of Emmanuel. This is the moment where it is announced that, that God is gonna enter the human story, embody human nature, live out a human experience, and in doing so, reveal himself to the world. Like this is, this is breaking news. It's bizarre. It feels improbable, but it's so significant. This is who your child will be, God incarnate. It's terrifying. I'd be terrified and concerned if someone told me I was pregnant. <laughs> Utterly perplexed. Might be a better... But this is like, this is an incredible thing to be aware of. So there's this revelation of truth um, as, to, as to what God is up to. And then there's a response where Mary says, okay, I hear what you're saying and, and I'll own it. There's a willingness to, to submit to the story, to make herself present and available to the story. There's not this like, man, I don't want this thing or I, you know, like, or, or I don't understand it, so I'm going to run away from it. There is a response that says, your will be done, God. There's a, there's a trust that's placed into the hands of the Creator. It's a beautiful moment. And so Mary's response to this breaking news is one of trust and of willingness. Then we move on to the next announcement the announcement to Joseph. Joseph's one isn't, isn't such a physical encounter. It's, a, it's an encounter that takes place uh, in a dream. And it's in uh, chapter one, verses 20 to 23. But as Joseph considered these things, uh, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. So what, what do we see happening here? 
Once again, Joseph is afraid. Although his fear is far more of like, seems to be far more of a social concern. He's sort of sitting in this space. And if you're just reading the text a little bit before, he's kind of considering like, uh, he's kind of considering calling off this marriage. It's going to be done, but I, I want to do it respectfully. I'll, I'll kind of do it in quiet a little bit. I don't want to, don't want to shame Mary. Obviously she's shamed herself a bunch. So I don't want to, you know, don't want to cause any more problems there. But he's trying to figure out, there's, there's this internal angst as he's trying to figure out what to do. And in a dream, he has this encounter with an angel. And it says, actually, like this thing, this thing is legitimate. There's something amazing going on here. God is at work in this moment. And you need to understand that, that this child that she will bear is going to save people from their brokenness. So what do we have here? A revelation of truth about who Christ will be, a savior of the people, a means for reconciliation and redemption. Suddenly that's, quite, that's actually quite, uh, that's quite challenging for a Jewish audience because how do they experience their own reconciliation and redemption? They go to a temple and they participate in the system and in the rituals. But now it's like, no, the savior, the point of redemption it's going to come through this child. And actually the charge, the, the charge to call him Jesus is, is, is through Joseph. It's not what Mary is told to name her child. It's what Joseph is told to name the child. He is invited to participate fully in this thing. It's like he's to be a father. He's to step into the story and he's to embody it. And so what's his response? The invoked response to this breaking news for Joseph well, there's a willingness and there's an ownership. There's a, there's a desire to say yes. Go, okay, God, I recognize what you're doing. I place my trust in your hands and I'll step into the story. Final announcement, the announcement to the shepherds. Luke 2, verses 8 to 14. And in the same region, there were shepherds in the field. This is like... We're kind of like skipping over big key parts of the story. So Jesus has been born now, just so we're, just so we're up to speed, okay? Um, <clears throat> Luke 2, verses 8 to 14. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Notice that? Filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased." So what's happening here? What are the first thing we see? This response of fear. Like this is a terrifying thing. This bit of news, whatever this encounter is, this is a bit terrifying. This is a bit confronting. This is a bit challenging. Especially considering that there is this angelic appearance made to the lowest in society. In a society where it's the rich and the wealthy and the royal who are seen and considered to be next to God and considered worthy of God, the appearance and, the, and the, the news is shared first with those who are the lowliest, just the humble shepherds in the field. And the angel says to them, do not fear. Don't be afraid. 
This is a good thing. We're bringing you some wonderful news, news that will be a hope and a joy for the entire world. And so what happens? What's the revelation here? Well, I think it's a revelation of the, the upside down nature of God's kingdom. It's a, it's a revelation of like turning everything that's in the world, this sort of vertical hierarchy and turning it on its side. It's a revelation of God's plan for all of creation, a plan for reconciliation and redemption for all. It's not just a story about the Jews anymore. It's not just a story about wealthy. It's not just, not just about doing this right or being this. It's a, it's a grand, impressive, majestic, wonderful story. And it's a story that speaks to the glory and the magnificence of God. And so it's like, as this story is shared, as this sort of news is shared, it's like there's this incredibly powerful moment of like this song and this praise sort of breaking out as, as all the heavenly hosts kind of sing. It's like, how, how could song not be the response? How could joy not be the response at the, at the news of this hope? And we know that the shepherds kind of drop what they're doing. What's their response? We have to go worship. We have to step into the story. There's a willingness to say yes that we see in the shepherds. And so here we have it. Three angelic encounters, three announcements, three moments of, of breaking news, of news that speaks to this future reality of what God is doing and what God is up to. And I want to say this morning that those announcements didn't just happen in sort of an isolated series of moments some 2,000 years ago. They're announcements that are made to us today. They're announcements that mean something to us today. They speak to us. Because actually, I think if you, if you continue to think about this story, the Jesus story, it is actually a pretty uncomfortable and pretty overwhelming thing to think about. It's a hard thing to comprehend. It's not something I think we're ever supposed to comprehend or fully grasp, but it just is. And there's the sense that we kind of need to submit to it and, and allow ourselves to step into it and kind of and and be in awe of it and be captured and captivated by it again. Because how many times have we sat through? I know Adele sat through 37 of these. It's 37 Christmases, you know. Now she's just thinking about it all over again. But man, for the 37th time, capturing that story, being blown away by the story, having the story take root in the depths of the heart in a new way, in a profound way, where, it, where suddenly it feels like this new thing all over again. This is an announcement that is still being made to us today. What truth is held in this for us? I mean, that's a question for you. What what truth is in this story still for you today? Because I, I look at these things, you know, there's this idea of Jesus being the king priest, Jesus being the son of God, Jesus being the saviour. Man, and those are words we just like, in a, in a way, I think meaningfully, but, but they're words that are bandied around church all the time. So what, is it, what does it mean to, to, to lean into them, to, to consider them, to let them impact us once more? when we think about the fact that this story is a story that speaks to the glory of God, what does that mean for us? And then it comes to this, like 
what will our response be? What does this story invoke in us? Because here's what I think is important. In a a world that would sort of increasingly say, maybe this Christian story doesn't matter anymore, what this story does in us changes how other people see it. I've never really been like a natural like evangelist. I don't think it's like sort of exists within my particular gift set. But I think that, you know, when we... When we allow this story to take a hold of our hearts, it emanates as we carry it in the world. So what does this story invoke in you? As you, maybe if, if hearing for the first time, hearing of the angels for the first time, as you look at those words, as if for the first time, what does it invoke in you? Does it invoke a sense of hope? A sense of longing? sense of desire for the things of God's kingdom? Or is it just another Christmas we need to get through? My hope and my prayer is that it would, it would unlock a deep desire and a genuine hope in our hearts for what God is doing, for the story that he's still writing, and that the story of Emmanuel, God with us, is still hugely important. And it's a story that the world still needs to hear. Thanks for listening to the Shaw Vineyard podcast today. Uh, Just before you head into your next podcast in the queue, I'd love to invite you to one of our Christmas Eve services coming up, believe it or not, on Christmas Eve at 5pm and 7pm. There'll be great music, good food, glow sticks for the kids, and it just won't be the same if you're not there. It's also worth noting that we won't be having our usual Sunday services on December the 23rd or the 30th, but we're back for 2019 at 10am and 6pm from Sunday, January the 6th. And if you need any details of our Christmas Eve services or our summer calendar, go to svc.org.nz. So have a great rest of your day and I look forward to catching up with you at one of our services soon or back right here next time on the podcast. Music